Okay, you're listening to another episode of the Tasty Spreads podcast. I'm your host, Dino DeCespedes. And once again, I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Grant Engel. What's up, man? I'm doing well. I gotta say, on the spectrum of how different grants are feeling, I gotta be feeling <laughs> substantially better than Grant Williams. I'm sorry, buddy. Like, I'm sorry you gotta catch that stray fellow Grant, but goodness. <laughs> I think he had his he had his moment. What was funny was he was getting some props on the telecast, you know, for kind of like trying to fire him fire him up. <laughs> but that was such an unbelievably bad turning point for them in the game. Like everything was like absolute downhill from there. Do you recall uh, there was a Cavs Celtics game? And Grant Williams goes to the foul line and Donovan Mitchell just kind of does the thing where he kind of like walks through the lane and says something to him. And Grant Williams yeah. goes, I'm going to make them both. And then he proceeds to miss them both. We tie and then win the game later. Unbelievable. Mm. What a legend. Mm. I mean, he's on, he's on that Dylan Brooks track for sure. <laughs> it feels like it. So we were, we're recording this Friday night. The eight seed Miami Heat just beat the two seed Boston Celtics. And it's really difficult to wrap your head around um, how Miami has been able to do this. Um, just to be able to go at those three series as the lower seed, you know, take all three game ones and then against Boston, take the first two. I mean, I can't even really remember uh, a team going on a tear like this. Like, like that's the, that, like that's that low seeded. You know, the 18 Cavaliers, and obviously, of course, Ramon goes to the Cavaliers. So, like, we had LeBron James, but what, what? We were like the four seed or something like that. So it's nowhere It's nowhere near this. I mean, the funny thing is that, what, you have the eight seeded Los Angeles Lakers on the other side of the bracket. Um, but, you know, it's scary hours for them right now. So, like, I, we, we really... We laid it out last time. We gave a love fest to the Miami Heat on last week's episode. We talked about their guile. We talked about the toughness. I read the Pat Riley quote about the toughest, the meanest, the most physically fit, all that stuff. And it's all true. Yeah. And it's still and it's obviously true a week later. <laughs> it's somehow even more true. <laughs> I let me just hit you with this. I just pulled up DraftKings. I mean, this is incredible. The Miami Heat. Three-point underdogs on Sunday. Oh, my God. Plus three. Plus three. <laughs> I think, you know, I'm, it, I, I kind of joked about it a couple weeks back when I'm like, I don't know, Heat plus 2,400 to win the title? I, know. I don't know. Maybe. You know, and now it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> like, like, this might be, you know, we always talked about, like, um, who's the guy of the playoffs, and it, it kind of feels like Jokic and Butler just have been the absolute alphas. I got to think like the only guy you could even make an argument for being as good as Jimmy in these playoffs is Jokic. Yeah. This is what's insane. Jokic is averaging a 30-point triple-double in the playoffs. I'm not sure he's the best player in the playoffs. Yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just like I like that we're recording like literally – 12 minutes after the game stopped because we're just like both like it's whatever the baffle i've never i've never watched uh, uh rick and morty but there's like i've seen the clip on the internet where like i don't know something sketchy happens and they're all like i guess they're sitting in their office and they're just like oh what the fuck uh and they're like breathing super heavy like that is what is <laughs> what i feel like right now yeah it's um yeah it, it's really 
I don't even, yeah, it's, I'm going to have to cut pretty much almost all this because <laughs> neither of us are coherent. Just, but, yeah, uh, just rambling yeah. nonsense at this point. Yeah, we'll, we'll work our way through it. The title odds before the game, well, are there new odds let's, on the uh, title of the series? Yeah, let's pull this up here. So conference winner, the Miami Heat are now minus 180. Oh, my God. Well, you had them at 400. Plus 400, yeah. Look at you. <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> I got to crawl my way back, man. Like like this, these Miami Heat. We joked about like the zombie warriors, and it's looking like it's going to be more about the zombie Heat, zombie Lakers uh, this season. You know, in terms of like the the champion pedigree and all that, but I couldn't even have um, imagined going up 2-0 um, at the start of this series. You know, and then like you know, we talked about it a couple episodes back when Philly and Boston were just kind of stumbling over each other, mm-hmm. and me just looking at that series as a Heat fan, our series was already over at that point, and I'm like, you know, neither of these teams are all that scary. We already beat Milwaukee. Um, and these teams can't, I mean, look like they're just dying to give the series away. So I didn't know if that was like an overreaction as a Heat fan, you know, kind of like watching that series. And then when I saw the lines come out, you know, and the Heat are plus 400, I think Boston was like minus 550 or something. I'm like, okay, yeah, you know, that was that was a little bit, a little bit of a delusion. But now it's actually kind of bearing out. And I think, you know, a lot of the storylines around like Missoula, you know, the Jalen Brown drama. And then, you know, like just the coaching mismatch, um, Butler's ascension to get an even higher level of playoff Jimmy. All of that's kind of culminated in, you know, kind of like where we're at right now. Yeah. And let me just, I want to throw you the oop for the Tatum stuff because I'm excited to hear it. I think like in past podcasts when we've talked about this and I remember just repeating it over and over uh, during the Warriors series last year in the finals. Boston will just give you the ball. They'll just give the ball. They just yeah. turn. They just turn over the ball. Like, and I got a like a super weird one. I I fucking I don't know if I am like the reverse jinx or whatever. But I blasted your boy Duncan Robinson a couple weeks ago. Said that he doesn't try anymore or whatever. Um, I don't know if I'm crazy. I like want to. I like want to do a little more research, but not a bad defender in these couple games. Like he had like an interception earlier in, uh, tonight. Like I think it was like in the second quarter, like he just chops out and just intercepts a pass. And then there were a couple plays late where, you know, it's not like he's like stuffing dudes or whatever, but he's moving his feet. He's staying in front of like Brown and Tatum. And like, he's not. And I think we talked about too, when he lost his confidence and couldn't shoot earlier in the year. And then he would miss a rotation and Spo would yank him. He is really holding his own out there and just having a guy his size who can kind of move around and not kill mm-hmm. you defensively and still space. Like it's just those uh, such a culmination of all these little things that the Heat are kind of doing and adding up. And then on top of it, uh, Brown, Tatum, and Smart will just give the ball will just give the ball back to you for free possessions. And you know a combination of Kyle Lowry, um, uh, Jimmy Butler and even uh, Gabe Vincent, uh, I've seen a couple times. They'll just they will absolutely take you up on that offer and take the ball from you. Yeah, and then they're happy to run at that point. Duncan Robinson, I'm glad you brought him up. He had an awesome sequence. I think the one that you're talking about was when Jalen Brown's open at the three point line. The ball swings over to him. Duncan has like an awesome closeout, mm-hmm. and then makes Jalen Brown travel. Yes, 
on the next trip up the floor, Duncan Robinson, like, you know, blows past him, you know, and then hits that reverse layup and Brown's thinking, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, be athletic enough to kind of recover and get the block. But Duncan finishes on the other side of the rim. It was just like an unbelievable sequence. Yeah. And then to see that guy do that, you know, after kind of like the, the lows that, that he, he experienced this year, you know, really inspiring. And I think um, there was a funny Caleb Martin moment. I, I mean, all of these guys, I think, I can't remember the four that all had 15 points in a uh, game one. I think it was Struess, Vincent, Caleb Martin, and Lowry, you know? Great. So, I mean, to have your four, four of those guys, you know, get to 15 is like unbelievable. But R- Reggie Miller at one point in the game said, speaking of Miami's offense, where would they be without the offense of Caleb Martin? <laughs> like, how, how are we even in these games, you know, like an up to, Oh, uh, you know, two games away from the finals. It's nuts. Yeah, and you nailed it on the four in game one. <clears throat> Struess, Vincent, Martin, Lowry, Caleb Martin giving you 30 minutes uh, and 15 points. Gabe Vincent giving you 35 minutes and 15 points. He's a plus 12. Struess is a plus 15, giving you 34 minutes and 15 points. Unreal. Uh, a couple more things on the game that I, I, I kind of noticed. Oh, I got to hit Tatum. Please. You know, I think Tatum got us with a little bit of the Devin Booker magic. You know, that one crossover kind of behind the back step back that he did just to open up three feet of space on Jimmy Butler with zero chance. And then Tatum just kind of buries pretty much the silkiest three-pointer after the silkiest move that you're ever going to see in a playoff game. I think it just you know, does something to us. Um, But what I kind of noticed about his game, you know, as you've watched him in these series is he doesn't really have the, what, you know, what I'm going to call the library, you know, of moves. Right. And I think just to jump quickly to the Western conference, Jamal Murray has the library, you know, he's taking weird shots from pretty much everywhere, doing crazy shit, spinning in both directions and just dribble handoff with Jokic, you know, distributing the ball, you know, so when adjustments are made, you know, he can do different things. Now he's very streaky, you know, which is kind of like what makes him a different kind of player. He's not on all the time, but I think Tatum just runs out of stuff that he's able to do, which is why at the end of games, you know, he always tries to kind of like do that split the double team, throws the ball away, coughs it up, you know, to, you know, like, uh, runs into, um, who, who did he, who, who drew the charge? I think he ran to Struess who took the charge. Like, and he's just like defenders who should not be stopping Jason Tatum in crunch time are totally neutralizing this dude because he just doesn't really have more to go to, but his like moves are just so awesome. Um, and you know, like I think when he does get into a rhythm and, and basically like what he did to Embiid, you know, in that deciding game, just basically embarrassing him, that stuff kind of sticks. But I think the, the the real like all time top level greats have different moves to go to, you know, adjustments get made and you got to be able to do something different, you know, to books credit, you know, you saw him do that, you know, I mean, where he just became the whole offense um, after it was like confirmed that Chris Paul wasn't coming back. But Tatum really, I don't know, man, like what, I don't know if you're seeing what, what are you seeing in terms of like, and it's, it's funny because like, it's not just us. Like you see the TNT guys, the ESPN guys, like people are just baffled about what, why is this guy not able to do what we've clearly seen him 
uh, do on the court, um, kind of like in these moments. I just kind of wonder if he's got a little bit of James Harden in him. Oh, boy. <laughs> a little playoff Jimbo. <laughs> um, playoff Jabo, yeah. I think it's interesting, and I like that you refer to it as a library of moves because I got to admit, me personally, I, as a 37-year-old white man, I feel silly referring to somebody's set of moves as their bag. <laughs> I, I, I feel like you can get away with it. Um, I feel like you have that in you. Um, I do not say that because I feel silly. Um, so I think I'm going to adopt library because uh, that's probably more on brand for me, I would think. Um, but yeah, I think you're exactly right. And like in that last sequence, I think Struess drew a charge from him, but then there was there was another one in cr- like right at the end in crunch time where Jimmy was the one who stepped up and took a charge. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was Jimmy. Dude, we're getting down to the real nitty gritty. I think it was inside of two minutes. It might have already been inside a minute. I'm like trying to like hash out like what just happened. Um, <laughs> he goes and he goes to do that between the legs, go do a step back, and you just see him clip his thigh with the ball. And then uh, I, I can't remember who it was. It might have been uh, whichever tough defender it was, dives and pokes the ball backwards. And then they have to like reset the whole possession. Um, and it's like, you know, if Tatum doesn't have that through the legs, take a step back, jack up a three, when you don't have a ton of different moves to go to, it kind of feels like you're jacking it up a little bit. And I know it's been widely publicized. I don't know if this is third rail or not, but it's it's widely publicized that he is a great admirer of the legend, the late Kobe Bryant, rest in peace to the king. But... It's like, oh, yeah, it's my Mamba mentality time. Mm-hmm. And I got to say, in order to do that, Kobe Bryant's like one of the five or six greatest players who ever lived. Maybe maybe like seven, somewhere in there. So, like, uh, if you're not that guy, maybe the Mamba mentality of taking the exact shot that you want to take instead of getting to maybe something that's more like your best shot yeah. isn't the best thing to do. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, like I, I, his handle isn't him or Brown and Brown is obviously worse, but their handle's not super, super tight. And so when you get into these, into these real, real crunch time situations, uh, again, I hate to belabor it, but they might give the ball to the other team. Well, I think it's almost like they don't really recognize that it's, deep in the play it's not just playoff basketball it's like deep in the playoff basketball Mm. and you're not going to be able to do the stuff that you were able to do at washington up 15 you know like (laughs) like it's just there's a little bit less space out there to do your to do your (laughs) like side steps and shit and like you know and when tatum did do that shot he he got really i mean i think he got hard contested by a couple guys because they were like yeah we already know where this is going it's like boom boom and then like we're gonna get the step back but I mean, I think it's not even really about the handle, right? It's really about kind of like using your body, which he's got a great body to be able to do that, right. um, getting to your spots and opening up space for other people and just doing other things. And and the worst part about um, offense that they were running is Jalen Brown is just standing there, you know? And then there was a time in the fourth where I think Tatum starts bringing the ball up or maybe like around the six or seven minute mark. Brown gets the ball with like two minutes in, the, in a very like um, tight possession score wise. 
and he tries to make something happen. He forces it, I think, to Horford, who you know ends up being like a bad pass. And to your point, he gives it away. Yeah, you know, because I think he's like, oh, I've got the ball. Here's my shot. I've got to, you know, I've got to try to do something. Pretty uncharacteristic because it's just not the way that they've been playing. Now we're at the playoffs. They don't really know what to do. Um, and Missoula, he has zero idea what's going on. I mean, he might as well just be, uh, I don't know, watching it, <laughs> like watching on TV or. <laughs> I gotta tell you, his his press conference uh, after game one, not a great sign when you are saying multiple times in responses to questions, uh, we were prepared. Um, I feel, I feel like that's a little bit of a canary where it's like, well, we didn't really, we didn't super ask you about like how prepared you were. Um, but now that you mention it, get this, like you're really trying to hammer that point home, how prepared you were. It didn't look that way. And when your opponent scores 46 points in the third quarter in game one, and you do not use a timeout, um, that's not even really a preparation question. That's like, uh, why would you allow that to happen kind of question? Yeah, it, I mean, it, it's tough to blame the guys. He's in the first season, but he's been really, really bad. Um, just the lack of creativity, diversity, and kind of like what, what they're trying to do, lack of adjustments. Um I took the heat in seven. I think we can get into like our picks here now that we've kind of cooled off, cooled off yeah. from the game. Um, so <laughs> I'm just going to go to my mind. I, I took the heat plus 400, as you mentioned a little bit earlier, to win the series. I feel awesome about that one. Awesome bet. This one now, all of a sudden, I feel worse about heat in seven plus 1100. I'm like, I don't know. There's no way we get to seven. It kind of reminds you of the Nets to participate in the play-in tournament. We, we kind of outsmart ourselves. And then they, it turns out they get they yeah. stuck in that sixth spot. It's incredible that somehow the Heat are up 2-0 in the Eastern Conference Finals, and I cashed my Heat <laughs> under 45 and a half when regular season back. <laughs> so I appreciate them for that, but I mean, you got much better odds on them to advance to the finals. So that is bully for you. That is just fantastic. Yeah, and I think at this point, I mean, I'm way, I'm way cashed right now just because even if it goes late in the series and Boston somehow turns the entire series around, there's going to be a lot, lot of opportunity to kind of hedge. Um, but the way it's looking, I don't think <laughs> I don't think we get anywhere near there. This looks like probably like a five or six game series only because you don't really expect Boston to do much differently. Um, you know, it, it, like it's kind of like if they are, were going to do something different. They would have tried it by now. You know, they already kind of rolled out Pritchard for a few minutes. Um, you know, they're, they're trying like the two bigs. They're trying you know, to go back to the more traditional lineup. Um, the, Grant Williams got some run today. <laughs> he got yanked, you know, after his antics. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if that's going to happen. Um, you know, so I think they, they kind of maybe ran out of uh, ran out of moves. And I think on the court in terms of like what they're trying to run, uh, they seem also tapped out. So feeling really great about those couple of picks. As you should, if I can. Um, so behind the scenes or what I guess not really behind the scenes we each made a pick for the series and then a pick uh, we tried a little you know get funky see if you can get the exact games right with the result um I did not feel super comfortable um just picking the series straight up because I did think the Celtics were going to win and there was no value there so I picked heat plus two and a half games uh, at minus 135 the win today cashes that Unbelievable. Um, so that's delicious. But because I'm a dope, 
Uh, I, I threw a half unit thinking that the Celtics would win in six. And, buddy, there's about a 0% chance of that <laughs> happening now. Yeah, um, they might need 16 fine. to get four wins. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but you know what? That's, uh, I'm happy. I took Heat plus nine today, um, which is all like, it was very complicated. I won two of my three Heat bets uh, so far. Well, I guess I have four, I have four bets total on this series right now. Uh, I took the I took under two fifteen. The, the total finished at two sixteen, which is funny. Oh, man. Um, uh, so that was an L. But I cashed Heat plus nine today, and then obviously the Heat got me the win in plus two and a half. And so even though I'm going to lose that half unit on Celtics to advance, uh, to your point about like your hedging, I feel like I'm going to make it up. Just ride and play off Jimmy, uh, Jimmy motherfucking buckets for the rest of this series. So uh, I'll get it back. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Speaking of Jimmy, um, shout out to Kevin Harlan, who yes. unleashed an absolute all-timer in game one. <laughs> first, he, first it's a woo, like a Ric Flair woo, and then it's Jimmy <laughs> freaking Butler. <laughs> Unbelievable. He was feeling it. I mean, he like the spirit had overcome Kevin Harlan's body for, for a professional broadcaster. To say freaking, <laughs> I like he is having a moment right there. He's he's all in his library. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done, a hundred percent. This man absolutely golden pipes, a, a god MC Kevin Harlan. Um, yeah, he's a treasure. If I can give a quick announcer take, and this is so niche, but let me just say, so, you know, I'm working on a couple big projects. Um, and so I am over here on the West Coast. I am uh, like driving home around like, you know, 530 Pacific time. So these games are starting and I don't want to like stream them on YouTube TV while I'm driving down I-5. It just doesn't feel like a great idea. So I am opting for the radio broadcast so I can operate my motor vehicle safely. Love it. Love it. And let me just tell you, I know like I would rather, and I'm, I'm being serious. I think I would rather get pistol whipped than listen to any Boston sportscaster broadcaster in any live game setting. I would rather be hit with a, <laughs> with a gun <laughs> than put myself through that. And I like, uh, you know, I have an affinity for the Miami Heat anyway. So as they dub it on whatever the Heat's radio network is, the Miami Heat audio experience is what they call it. <laughs> and they got your boy, Jason Jackson. Oh, my. Jay Jax, if you're nasty, I believe people have said in the past. Absolutely. That dude, speaking of dudes in their, in their library, this dude is at one point in game one said – our cups runneth over with the struce juice. <laughs> and let's just say, as a dude who is a co-host of a podcast named Tasty Spreads, I was like, wow, J-Jax. That's, you're going in with that one, buddy. All right. Good job out of you. And at another point, he referred to, and I know this from listening to like parts of the radio broadcast, apparently... The Celtics, and this is like the most Boston thing ever. They stick the the road radio crew like in the far corner of the court. So when play is happening 
on one side, they have, they apparently have a terrible view of it. That sucks. And at one point, Jason Jackson referred to the setup as, and I'm the direct quote, despicable. <laughs> and, and then also referred to it as completely unprofessional. <laughs> what a legend. <laughs> He's the best. Yeah. Heat lifer. I love it. Absolutely. So I, I thought you would, enjoy, as a Miami native, I thought you would uh, greatly enjoy that. Oh my God. I wonder if there's a way to go back and, and go hit the archives and <laughs> take in a couple of those classics. That'd be, that'd be oh. a ride. Uh, last thing here. I have, I've got something in my notes. Give me a second. Are these, pa- these are paper notes that I hear. Yeah. 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 And I found it right here. Yeah. Jimmy Butler. Build this man a motherfucking statue <laughs> now, dude. I like people talk about it. Like I know people talk about, oh, the beginning of his career was a little weird. Like he took a little time to ramp up. He has to be in the Hall of Fame, right? Oh my god, absolutely. He's a lock. Like, well, I, there, there's gonna. Okay, we're gonna get into this in a minute, but suffice it to say that the NBA's best player is up for grabs. Right. So Mm -hmm. with what Butler's done in the playoffs, if he does this for, you know, win six more games, which I mean, at this point, it's not even half joking. It's like the dude can win six games. He looks unstoppable. Um, And this is supposed to be sort of like the big, bad Boston D. We're going to throw a bunch of guys at him and he's making them look like scrubs. Like they've got no chance. Of course, Missoula is doing nothing about it, but still, I can absolutely see. And and I remember this happening with Dirk, and I remember this happening with Paul Pierce. It was kind of a little laughable when it was Paul Pierce. Like you know, we had to have, sure. you kind of fake the conversation. Oh, this guy's best best player in the league now. You know, he's he's holding the title. Um, but I think we all knew it kind of wasn't wasn't real. But you know, to quote another, um, you know, I'm not going to use <laughs> the, the phrase of you know he got his flowers because again, you know, we're for people not of this, you know, we're, we're Gen Xers. I'm a millennial. Okay, you're, you're a millennial. Probably on the older side, but anyway, I'm a yes, Gen Xer. Yes, elder, so. elder millennial, if you will. Yes. But yeah, I mean, Butler, absolutely a Hall of Famer. We talked about this. Probably, you know, at least he's no worse than the third best Miami Heat player of all time. Um, yeah. And I think if he wins a title and, you know, has the longevity um, with regard to his career, you can make the case that he's, near LeBron, at least, I think it, it, it would be impossible to kind of like pass Wade just because of the impact that he had. Right. But this guy could play his way into this is now the best player in the NBA, you know, because you could look at his regular season and say, okay, yeah, he's doing what we think Kawhi is also doing. He's still playing, but his foot's not all the way down on the gas. And you can absolutely see that in terms of like how he's playing uh, and the decision-making and just the offensive load that he's carrying. So we joked about it, but it looks like they're gonna he's gonna make a second finals. And this one is as an eight seed. You know, and we talked about it at the top, but it, I mean it's just blowing my mind that, you know, we 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 sort of like do the bunny ears around stole game one as if it's like sort of like a sixteen beating a one seed. Mm-hmm. And they've done it in three straight series, you know, as the lower seed. And I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, I think we bet on this team, or maybe I bet on this team. To lose the play-in game to the to the Bulls because they look so bad against the Hawks. I don't know who initiated it, but it was one of our cosigns. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were both like that ah, because they look so 
I mean, they lost their first play-in game. Yeah, the Hawks dominated them. That was the one where the they out-rebounded them by like a million rebounds. Which does remind me, and I, it is funny that like we talked about uh, Struess um, and his aforementioned Juice, obviously, um, Kyle Lowry, all those guys. Bam Adebayo is destroying the Celtics on the glass. Oh, my God. It's not just on the glass. I mean, on the, I mean, he had that one putback and dunk that just really broke them. I mean, you could just see their their shoulders slump. <laughs> but he's getting into the paint for that 8, 10, 12-foot little, like, little baby floater. Um, yep. That little one-hand push shot, you know, whatever. You know, it really just kind of depends on his angle. But he's getting that anytime he wants. And he's knocking down, them like, all of them. And he cha- he actually changed his free throw. Um, maybe the last season or two. And if you kind of notice him, he doesn't bend his knees at all anymore. You know, he's not going through that whole big man kind of motion. His mm. whole body is like frozen and he's just using his arms. You know, and he's got a really, now he's got like a really beautiful looking free throw. I think he's in the high 70s or like close to 80%, which awesome. is amazing, <laughs> like like an improvement. So now there's n- really nothing you can do on him. You know, we talked about this in the Knicks series where we're like, all right, well, if Bam's going to be you know, the second best player in the series or, you know, just maybe like a nudge behind Brunson or Randall, whoever ends up being like they're the Knicks number one, um, the Heat are going to win this series. And now he looks just as good as, you know, pretty much. I mean, Tatum's Tatum's still like the you know, second best guy in the, in the series, I think. Sure. Bam is by far in that three spot. Um, and he could be doing so much more, but he's also got Jimmy Butler on his team. So he's just doing just enough to terrorize them. Bam Adebayo, tw- tonight, 22 points, 17 rebounds, 9 assists. Oh he went 8 for 8 from the free throw line, and you and you nailed it on his free throw percentage this season. Uh, if you round up, he, he's at 81% free throw shooting. That is awesome. Yeah, I mean, I mean he, he's become unstoppable at that point, and I think he's being so much more aggressive on offense, um, which is just kind of giving him those, those inside looks. Um, and the three-point shooters are knocking down shots. Spacing's great. Um, and like I said, Boston's not doing much to change that. But um, let's see. We're at – all right, we did 34 minutes on <laughs> Heat Celtics. Yeah, let's see, let's see what else is going on this week. Um, lots going on in the sports world. Let's head over to the West. Nuggets, Lakers, title odds. Nuggets are now – um, the betting favorites by a good amount. They were plus 115 earlier today. Lakers were plus 850. Uh, and then in the series odds, um, a series that started out fairly even. Nuggets were a slight favorite. They're now up to minus 450. Lakers are plus 350. What have you seen so far out west? A sleepy LeBron. Mm. It's cause for concern. Um, that's my guy. Northeast Ohio guy. Uh, delivered a championship to my team. Um, it feels a little baton passing to me. I mean, it's funny, like, but can you pass the baton to Jokic if Jimmy Butler ends up being the best player in the league? Um, he's the most physically dominant forward I've ever seen. I feel like most of us have ever seen from the perspective of his combined size, speed, strength, and just his mastery of the game's geometry. Um, but now in year 20, um, his speed is lesser than it's been the strength. He has to use it much more judiciously and his decision-making, uh, when fatigued 
is just more inconsistent than it's ever been. Uh, he's leaning on his teammates, and they've had some nice moments. Um, but when it gets down to it, are you going to trust Anthony Davis to carry the load offensively and defensively? Are you going to uh, rely on big Austin Reeves games, big D'Angelo Russell games, uh, big Rui Hachimura games? Mm. That seems problematic. Um, and you just have Jokic in there who, you know, didn't – like you look at Jokic's game in game two and it's like, I don't know, was it that impressive? And he had 23, 17, and 12 with three steals. And it's like, oh, the young fella, Jokic, in 42 minutes uh, can give you all of those things and not be completely gassed at the end of the game. Um, And after two decades, it feels like we might be watching uh, the beginning of the end for LeBron. Yeah. That, that's been a tough one to kind of like um, consume in real time. It, you know, it's funny that you mentioned those kind of four key areas, like the size, the speed, the strength, and the IQ. You know, um, for big chunks of the game, I don't want to say big chunks, but definitely in moments and um, for sure in high leverage moments, you, you kind of see, you kind of still see each of those four. Yeah. Um, but the one that really stuck out to me um is like the coordination you know and it's like of all the things that are going to basically slow this guy down and maybe you know bring his career to an end potentially you know it, it's funny to to think that maybe it's not going to be a knee or an Achilles or you know something of that nature it, it might just be that he's now clumsy you know it, it seems like he's kind of falling over a lot more often yeah. I, i've never seen him mishandle a one on zero fast break you know, where he's doing his signature kind of like double pump reverse, you know, coming from, um, you know, like right to left. Mm. Um, And to see that ball just kind of fling out of bounds. And, you know, you've been talking about it all season that he'll just kind of throw the ball into the stands. And it's funny to think that, you know, his, his brain might be there from an IQ standpoint, knows what to do, but his, his hands are just doing something different. You know, even though he's just as strong, he's still fast. You know, he's still, you know, got obviously the size um, in all of those kind of physical attributes. And it'd be wild to see that, you know, be the one that, you know, kind of like really starts, um, you know, the, the, the downturn. It's kind of like seeing the superhero movie where um, the superhero just kind of loses his, his powers. And now is like just one of us, <laughs> right. one of us schlubs. And like, now he's like, just, you know, trip stumbling over himself. And we've got to see him, um, you know, just compete against um, us mortals out there you know, um, and, and still try to navigate his way through the game. It's really something pretty awesome to watch because obviously he's, you know, one of the, you know, he's he's at the top of the mountain, you know, in terms of the history of the game. Um, and he's still out there, you know, really pushing hard, um, kind of giving his, giving his all in this series, trying to make adjustments um, and basically relying on a body that looks more like, a, a, the average NBA basketball player now, as opposed to essentially a, a generational unicorn. Yeah, really well said. And it's and it's hard to kind of tell. Um, is his are his hands moving slower than his brain, or is it 
or is the the reading uh, and reacting to the game just not like matching up? Is his brain is his brain moving too slow? Like not like in an intelligence way, but just like oh yeah, there it is, and and then it's too late. And, um, it's it's wild to see. And I mean, I, I don't mean to speak of it in like we're witnessing a great tragedy. Like you said, this guy's one of the greatest. At worst. He's one of absolute worst. He's one of the three greatest players who ever lived, like him, Jordan, Kareem, whatever order people want to have him in, they can put him in whatever order. I'm fine with it. But uh, I'll tell you what, he's he's definitely one of the two greatest players ever to be born in Akron, Ohio. Wow, there we go. <laughs> well, we're doing this again. <laughs> Fair enough. That's great. The same hospital even. He's one of those two one of the two greatest uh, players born in Akron general. Um, where is it? It could be number one, yeah. one, two. Yeah. yeah, where's the other one? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, so it's it's crazy to watch, but that's what's cool about sports, man, is that you you watch this this guy, um, especially on the heels of uh, people just saying wild stuff about Wempit Yama, like he's the greatest prospect in the history of team sports, and I'm like, okay, like I guess maybe, but like. The 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 current greatest prospect in the history of team sports still plays at a super high level, and that is just insane in itself. The Wemby hype is just kind of like, I don't know. It's it's very twenty twenty three. Physically, we've never seen anything like that. Yeah, you know, like from an attribute standpoint, if you're thinking about you know his two K ratings, and we, we've never seen that kind of combination of. of of skills and size, right? You know, but what we're seeing also in the playoffs is that shit doesn't matter, right? You know, like you, you still have to fucking show up and like outplay, you know, basically the delta between how hard you have to push maybe in a regular season game, um, even one with kind of like some stakes. It feels like NBA playoff basketball is like 140, 150, 155% of what an what a regular NBA, you know, game is. You know, and I think you see the same guys over and over outperform and you see the same guys over and over underperform. And then I think in a year like this you're lucky enough to see like a guy like Jokic, you know, maybe ascend even though he's always been great in the playoffs, but now we're really seeing him be great and the team around him be great and kind of like take a step up with him, which I think is like a real differentiator. Um, and then you see a guy like Embiid wins the MVP does not have that, uh, you know, impact on his team. Um, his team basically totally wilts um, behind him, um, you know, kind of like when it matters most, um, you know, so really interesting to just kind of see, um, put things into perspective from that standpoint. So, like I said, you know, Wembenyama can have a lot of the skills, and I, I really do hope that he's, you know, generational. But there's so much more than, you know, what your potential is, what your skill set is, and what your measurables are. And I think that's what people are losing their minds over. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so thinking about like that in the context of our bets, uh, your Nuggets bets are looking good. What what do you have on the board? Yes. So uh, we mentioned that the Nuggets right now are minus 450 to win the series. I got in minus 165. So I'm loving life with that one. And um, in terms of the our exact series pick, 
I, I took the Nuggets in five. Um, wasn't quite expecting the gentleman sweep, but I think we might see uh, Lakers maybe win this game three. And I can see Denver kind of like uh, just overpowering them in game four and then obviously protecting home court in game five. And I took that one at plus 370. What was your what was your pick for for the series? Yeah, I think your bets are super, super live, obviously. So I, I kind of try to take a little bit of a, of a different approach here. So I saw, you know, the Nuggets to advance was minus 165. And we both still have on the board from like, what, like two or three weeks ago. We have Nuggets to win the finals at plus 400. Oh, absolutely. You're right about that. I forgot about that one. Yeah, oh, so man. that's super live, I think. Oh. That one's down to, yeah, like I said, that one's down to plus 115. So um, basically Eve coin flip. Um, and we got that one, I think, just at a great time when it just looked like couple teams were, were falling by the wayside and Denver was really, really hitting their stride in that Phoenix series. So yeah, props to us. I'm just going to take a, t- take a little 20 second time out and give it, give ourselves a little props. Yeah. You know what? Props to us. Um, yeah, that was on May 4th. We locked that in. Um, so you know, we're out, we're, we're out soothsayers out here. Um, it's a gacky. <laughs> so, uh, so I, you know, I, so I figured the nuggets were going to advance to the finals. Um, but I, when I looked at the MVP odds, I thought, okay, if Jokic to win the M, the Western Conference Finals MVP is minus one thirty, that's a little ta- I you know deem that to be a little tastier than the minus one sixty five for them to advance. And obviously, like my logic was, if they're going to win the series, Jokic will be the MVP. So I locked that in as kind of like my proxy. Um, I find it very unlikely that if, even if, if they were to lose, that Jokic would still get the conference finals MVP. Um, so that was kind of how I did that to try to like just wrench out a little more value. So Jokic to win Western Conference Finals MVP minus 130. Um, he's had two consecutive triple doubles. Um, so I, I'm feeling okay about that. And I think they are going to win the series. My half unit for the exact number of games, I had... I went Nuggets in six, similar to how I uh, picked uh, Celtics in six, just thinking that at least one of these babies were going to go six games. And I don't feel super great about it, either of them going six games. Um, I do think I wouldn't be shocked if, like, in a last gasp effort, LeBron and AD were able to, to put together two wins. So I still feel like that's sort of live. Um but Nuggets in six, that was a plus 550. Um, so that's that's where I went with there. I Again, I don't feel great about it, but I don't think it's totally dead. Yeah, definitely not totally dead. I mean, um, nice odds on that one too. Um, and I love the pick on the Jokic MVP. It's so funny because we've only had that – this is only the second year of that award, right? So yeah, so maybe first or just second, not yeah. in the practice of – yeah. Well, they had it last year because I know Tatum won the – the Eastern Conference one. Oh, okay. Um, and I think and Curry won the Western Conference one, if I remember correctly. Um, Second best player from Akron. <laughs> top two. Um, so I think, you know, it's one of those bets that, like, I think we overlook just because we're not used to having it on the board. But I love that move to kind of shave off some uh, some some juice there. And, you know, that's how we're going to that's how we're going to finish up, man. You know, just winning on the margins. I, I needed to do something because we had a we had a rough go for a little while. Uh, last week was uh, got a little ugly. I think we'll get to that when we cross the pond. Um, 
But whatever, we're stri- we're putting together some wins um, since May 14th. Yeah, and we've got some nice tickets out there. Real quick on Jokic. I mentioned at, the, at uh, earlier in the show about the game's basically best player mantle being up for grabs. Um, and I think even whether or not he wins the title, I think they're going to win the title, um, despite how much I'd love to see the Heat win. Um, I think I think it's the Nuggets' year to win the title, and I think they're they're just kind of stacked um, and playing really really well, uh, and they'll have home court. But I think Jokic basically he's the dude in the NBA right now. Like I don't think Denver would think for a second about you know trading him for any one player in the league. You know, so just kind of starting from that premise. You know, he's the one absolutely untradeable player. I don't think they'd give him up for Giannis or Steph or whoever, throw whoever in there. Um, any young guy, either Zion, Ja, whoever. Webanyama. Um, it's the first pick of the draft. Wemby. You know, I don't, that's that's super interesting. I, you know who I thought about for Wemby? If, if they would trade him for Luka. But um, mm. not sure. If, uh, I think I, I think Wemby actually has more value. But I, I don't even think they'd give him up for that. He's, he plays a brand of basketball where you can see him aging you know, where it's like, okay, this, this dude's prime might be another six or seven years, you know, and there might be two or three championships um, in this run. Uh, and like I mentioned before, he's able to elevate his teammates. He's got a lot better roster this year, but um, he's just doing stuff out there to kind of like, you know, get Murray going when he's having a hard time or find Porter Jr. in the, in the corner, you know, like in open space, you know, or, or getting kind of Gordon, you know, some, some good looks. He's, he's, he's had a little bit of a rough go of it, but Obviously, he's, he's got Davis lurking there. Yeah. But I don't know, man. To me, Jokic is the clear number one. You, you just, there's just nothing you can do to stop this dude. I uh, I mean, it's not like you're an anti-Giannis guy, but I, I want to claim the title of being the Giannis guy on, on the Tasty Spreads podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, in the light of new information, though, I do believe this to be uh, – Correct that, and I do. I think it's a lot of times. I think it is kind of fluid. Now I think, you know, everything's a LeBron conversation. But I think LeBron kind of held the mantle for a long time. Um, I know Steph was was kind of floating up there for a little bit. The you know the battle of Akronites. Um, but I, I do think this is a little more fluid. And we I, we talked about it like one of the, like some of the first couple episodes where I was just like yeah but Giannis is so much better on defense than Jokic that I think it I think it makes up for it. Um, and your counter was yeah but Jokic has every single makes every single pass makes every single teammate better. And I do th- I think Giannis is an underrated passer, but obviously not in the same stratosphere as Jokic. And so with all of this new information, I mean it just se- it kind of seems a little silly to say that Jokic isn't the best player in the league right now. I mean, I'll give you a couple examples. Um, well, one, you know, I think we all have to kind of maybe reassess a little bit our Jokic on defense. This guy's getting 20 rebounds in the playoffs. That is helpful. <laughs> every other game, you know, like, and, you know, as Jalen Rose likes to say, you know, the rebound ends the possession for the offense. You look at Aaron Gordon, you know, where his career was going, Bruce Brown, who was always like, I don't know, kind of like an interesting kind of spark plug guy, you know, now just looks like like a, like a Swiss Army knife, you know, who can kind of do everything and anything. He's just kind of like slashing lane and dunking. And like the whole game just kind of opens up. And, you know, 
I know Giannis has the title. He's got the finals MVP. But I don't know, in a game seven neutral court, I'll, I would take Jokic over Giannis, you know, in a, in a game just because I know what he's going to be able to do. You know, you can stick anybody. I mean, look what he, he was able to drag essentially, you know, backups and 10-day and contract guys in the last couple of seasons in the playoffs, you know, to make some of these games interesting. Um, he was clearly saving stuff for the playoffs, and now he's playing out of his fucking mind. You know, there's like, there's like a, nothing that Anthony Davis can do. I mean, imagine this. Like, this is like essentially our best, like humanity's best chance to stop stop Jokic just like you know really doing his best out here it's a little and i let's say we talked about our nuggets uh lakers bet so but tell me if this transition is is too early it's a little manchester city like where they're just kind of workshopping Mm -hmm. stuff out there while kind of in, in control of the game that's a pretty nice call let's 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 talk about your boys so um they had a week. I would say yes. Um, I'll I'll just take the ball from there briefly, if you don't mind. So um, <laughs> go for it. It's yours, man. <laughs> so uh, let me just start by saying shame on me. And by the reason I say that is when you asked me uh, where I was on the worried scale of one to ten uh, after we drew at uh, El Brinabao in the first tie of the. Uh, of the Champions League semifinal against Real Madrid, I said I was a 3 out of 10 on the worried scale. And uh, let me repeat, shame on me, because I should have been a 0 out of 10. <laughs> the popular, a popular phrase, and I, you know, people, and I love it too. I love saying uh, English phrases when I talk about football. I love calling it football. I don't care if it's corny. It's, I fucking like doing it. But I saw, I saw the tweets going around the Eddie head is a fortress. And let me tell you something. A fortress would indicate that you have two uh, battle groups of battling humans in a war. And I will open the possibility that if you have two groups, that there is a possibility where one army could invade a fortress and possibly win because maybe they're stronger, maybe they're more organized. So in that case, the Eddie head is not a fortress. The Eddie head is a lion's den. And every team who enters it I love this. is a man without a spear or a gun. And you're going into the lion's den and you are getting fucking mauled. In this season of the Champions League, Manchester City at the Etihad has outscored opponents 24-2. to That would include little, you know, plucky little teams like RB Leipzig, Bayern Munich, and Real Madrid. They were completely unfazed by Real Madrid trying to lay back and counter in this match. They already saw that look. They saw it against Los Blancos at El Bernabeu a week earlier. And so you're going to do the same thing? You're going to try the same thing against Josep Guardiola's squad twice in a row? Like he's not going to make some adjustments? Real Madrid looked helpless. They were overmatched. They were outgunned. They were outgameplanned. There were camera shots in that game in the first half hour where Benzema looked like he had seen a ghost. Yeah. Completely confused at what was happening. 
And your man, Kyle Walker, who I, I have a theory on why you might not like him. <laughs> um, and I think he just... <laughs> oh, I like it with you. And I think it's just that he looks like a guy who you wouldn't want to talk to in Miami. Oh, I like that. Yeah, uh, but about, I like that. <laughs> that it, like, he is absolutely... He could potentially be wearing a tap-out shirt. He could potentially be wearing... Um, what's the... Uh, Oh, why can't? Oh, I hate it. I'm butchering it. What's the, um, you know, with the with the colors and like the the crazy designs? What? Jeremy Shockey is the human embodiment of this uh, of this shirt. What? Um, Ed Ed Hardy. Ed Hardy. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Kyle Walker looks like he's wearing an Ed Hardy shirt under his city shirt, um, and he completely shut Vinny Junior's water off. No answer for him. Um, Kabaminga didn't look like he was anywhere near the player that he showed in the first tie. And it was because we just started to put more pressure on them earlier. And shout out to the legend, Luka Modric, complete non-factor in the match. Yeah, you barely noticed him. Yeah, completely disappeared. Um, We could have been up 2-0 in the first 25 minutes. Um, But Thibaut Courtois is just an alien. And I'm yelling at my, when he makes the second save um, on uh, another one of Holland's headers. Uh, I'm just yelling at my television. Get this dude out of my fucking life. He is he is so great. He looks like he's nine feet tall standing in the goal. And when they say make yourself big, he is better at that than any goalkeeper I can really think of. Um, yeah, he goes full Gumby. <laughs> absolutely. Like you're you're running onto him, and you're like, I don't know if I love my chances at this. You could be running at him one on one, and he is just a giant. But the last thing I'm going to say, and I've been saying this for about like three the past three seasons, is that, and I've probably said it on this podcast at least once or twice, is that Bernardo Silva has stretches of games that can be somewhere between 35 and 45 minutes of a game where he is very clearly the best player on the field. Yeah. And he sh- and he shares the field with Erling Holland and Kevin De Bruyne and I've I've said this in there was this banger of a game where we uh, played peak Liverpool a couple seasons ago to a 2-2 draw and we lose the game if Silva's not out there. He's an absolute genius. He knows where to be. He's so small, but he's so, so somehow he's incredibly intimidating. And they just Real Madrid just had no shot, and we were never going to let them up for air, and we weren't going to stop scoring. And I think they're just walking. Uh, whatever, if I regret it, I don't care. I I think Inter Milan is drawing dead, and I think we're walking to the Champions League title. Yeah, it certainly appears that way. Um, I'm thinking about who Kyle Walker is in uh, in South Beach. I was just there for work conference, so. Kind of had always had one eye on the TV. Kyle Walker is the guy that that uh, is at the bar um, in a dry fit tank top. Yes, <laughs> when everybody's you know at least you know covering their shoulders, you know, for, uh, and he's just kind of sweaty and drinking and European and trying to talk to you, and you're just like, dude, come on, man. <laughs> uh, but I mean, they were awesome. I, I I will give you a little bit of pushback on Bernardo Silva um, in the 35th minute after I think the second goal. He unleashed, I mean, an absolutely atrocious goal celebration 
where he just kind of did this <laughs> double arm, double arm flop. That I just w- wasn't sure what. I mean, it was the the least intimidating, most embarrassing thing I've I've ever seen as a city city adjacent watcher. Um, but outside of that, yes, wonderful player, one of one, absolute firecracker, Bernardo Silva. He's terrifying, and then you have to account. You obviously have to account for Holland, and he's running up there. And I, we talked about it last week, and I kind of made the joke that, like, if I was uh, after the one-one draw, if I was Riyad Mahrez, they'd be like, "Hey, uh, Skip, you gonna put me in the game or what? Like, what's going on?" And you said, "Well, who would you take out?" So I was like, "Well, you can't take out Silva, so maybe you play Silva at left back." Because <laughs> uh, yeah, so maybe that's me. Uh, uh, slightly knowing less than uh, uh, Pep, so I'm glad. I'm glad he kept him at uh, at uh, right attacking midfielder. <laughs> I'm glad Pep's coaching this team. Yeah, I'd say over me. I think that's fair. Yeah, no, but I'm glad you're here, co-host in the pod with me. So I appreciate yeah, that. Pep can stay over there. He's, he's got stuff to do over there. Um, let's hop over to the Premier League because I think, yeah, like you said, got a final coming up. But um, yeah, your boys are in the driver's seat. Or um, I guess the, the captain's chair, if it's a flying death machine, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll go with captain's chair. Um, all right, so over the Premier League, quick recap from last week. So somehow I bet Forrest Chelsea draw no bet. Didn't think to pick them and find a draw, even though I knew a draw wasn't very much in play. Um, and then um, the match that we did pick and find the draw, our guy Sonny, a, a very comical offsides that maybe didn't even need to be offsides. Um, basically wipes a goal off the board that would have given us the draw in the last minute or two uh, of stoppage time. And uh, yeah, that, that kind of set the tone for the rest of the weekend. It didn't go great, buddy. Um, yeah. I mean, he, I think you're right. I think he would have been through um, if he had stayed onside. Once they saw, once they showed the, the other angle. I mean, it was one of those things where they, uh, the, you know, the midfielder hits the pass and Sonny's so far out in front um, that I just go, oh, fuck off. <laughs> yeah. Like, you just know immediately, like, well, he can't be that far out in front and be on yeah. side. There's just no chance for that. Um, and what it happens in like the 93rd minute or something obscene like that, uh, where you think you might get the miracle draw. Um, yeah, man. I mean, Tottenham just, Kind of lethargic, just kind of going through the motions out there. You know, all the stuff that Conte said on his way out. They are who they are. We, we try to make some money on these guys, and uh, they just keep – the roller coaster keeps roller coastering. <laughs> Got worse from there. It did. <laughs> so um, I went on a whole, uh, you know, math-led you know, monologue last week about um, – what we were going to be able to do by, you know, put, put money on all four of Arsenal's goal scorers, you know, uh, and, you know, doing some, some calculating and see that if we hit two, we'd be in the money. If we hit three, here we go. If we hit four, you know, parties on. Um, and then if we hit one, Hey, not so bad. I think that would have put us at minus minus one twenty or minus one eighty or something uh, in that range. We lost all four. So Martinelli getting knocked out of the game in the 20th minute, terrible omen. Um, I think it was pretty much all downhill from there. Um, didn't really look um, that threatening 
you know, throughout the game and just looked, I think you, you texted me this, absolutely gassed, um, you know, out there kind of like trying their best, doing what they can. But, um, you know, to, very in a very LeBron-like way, looks like they, they want to do something that their bodies are just kind of not cooperating yeah, man. I mean, I think I think you've really nailed it. Obviously, as you being a close observer of the squad, like um, they they jam down the gas pedal um, early, um, and they're just kind of running out of running out of steam. And um, you know, th- they're back four uh, having a real, real, real rough go of it. Um, you know, no Saliba. You you called that real early. Um, they've just they've just been dire straits since he's gone out. Um, and yeah, and then Brighton, they're gonna attack you. They're gonna run right at you. Um, um, you know, McAllister's gonna kind of like set up the break, uh, and Sizo's gonna you know just rip shots at you. And he's good. Yeah. and they just kind of they just didn't look like they were they had enough juice to be up for it. Yeah, I think you know, wasn't wasn't too enthused about the the uh, the potential to back them last week, but I've still got that minus one fifteen to win the Premier League that I'm holding on to. We'll see what happens. <laughs> see how well, Another couple of days before I tear <laughs> tear that one up. Um, so yeah, we yeah we got smashed last weekend as a show, but um, good news. There's more matches this weekend, and um, from what I hear, there are some lines some spreads that we can look at and talk about. Um, anything stick out to you? Well, I'm a sicko though. I'll tell you because so now think of where you are as Arsenal. <laughs> you, you lose three nil to Brighton and you just have to be like, man, okay. Nobody really, uh, it's hard to say nobody expected us to finish in the top four. Cause you're Arsenal, but really, I mean, realistically, like, you know, people looked at, uh, United taking taking a big jump. Um, you know, you you have like your usual suspects at the top of the table these last three years. Nobody expected uh, Liverpool to have that gigantic swoon in the middle of the season. Um, you know, I I don't think you were ever a Chelsea believer. I certainly never was either. Um, but I don't think people expected them to be as kind of cruddy as, as they've been. So, um, with all that said, I you know. Your boys, awesome season. Um, and you just, it's, I feel like it would be hard in the last two weeks of the season to just be like, okay, we'll pack it in and let's pat ourselves on the back. Um, I, I do feel like there is a, a measure of professional pride here. And, and the reason, now, don't get me wrong, I'm not betting on them, <laughs> um, <laughs> but they're playing Nottingham Forest. I'm not betting on them to win. Let me say that. But I believe – so if they win, and I even think if they draw, they're still mathematically alive for the title. That's what plays into into my thought process here. Um, and so I'm going to keep an eye on that. City and – or pardon me, Arsenal and Forest. And if Arsenal wins or draws, I'm going to look at – I'm going to take a hard look. And I think I will just thunder in and take City minus two and a half against sorry ass Chelsea, because <laughs> you know after I've gone on my long uh, uh, fake poetic rant about what a flying death machine we are and how you come to the Etihad, you're stepping into a lion's den, yada yada yada. Um, 
if if we have to win a game at the Etihad to win the title, we're gonna do that and we're gonna fucking destroy Chelsea. And so I will I will immediately jump in uh, if Arsenal wins or draws, and I will take City minus two and a half at plus one eighty five to just stomp on Chelsea and end the game winning the title. Yeah, I might like this one either way, just because, um, I don't know, this one feels like 4-0, 5-0 potential. Could be. Um, Chelsea's just been that bad. I mean, like, they're barely staying in these games with, like, mid-table, bottom-of-the-table teams. Yeah. Um, you know, which is just kind of where they're at, you know, and it's not it's not a bad stretch. It's, just, it's been a bad season, you know, like between the, the new owner, the manager, drama, uh, Lamps is back and, you know, all the Lamps are off and they're just really, really struggling. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm, I might be ready to jump in, jump in on this one right now. Um, but you know what? I'm going to hold off, check the tweets. I th- I'm sure we'll have some news on this one before kickoff. And that leads us to one other order of business, and that's find the draw. Yes. We've got two finalists on deck this week. One of them uh, we've already touched on, Forrest and Arsenal. This one's <laughs> this one hurts, man. You're <laughs> in that case. This one hurts. But I, I, I mean, I called it last week, uh, you know, Forrest – and Chelsea, you know, in terms of like um, them being frisky, you know, them staying up, um, them kind of playing for these draws, um, you know, and and they're just kind of like racking up the points and probably looking for that signature win. This one's at home. Um, and like I said, Arsenal's Arsenal's best, you know, might be a draw, you know, if, if Forrest like, comes to play and, you know, some things break against them, a couple balls hit the post, you never know what happens. Um, the draw very, very, very much in play. Um, and I think that's just a reflection of kind of like where they're at as a team. And, and like I said, you know, just kind of how much is left in the tank, you know, I'm sure they're going to go out there and play their best, but I don't know. I can see one, one here. Amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Nottingham Forest has eight wins, 10 draws, 18 losses. They have a minus 31 goal differential. Uh, by contrast, <laughs> the Gunners have 25 wins, six draws, five losses, and a plus 41 goal differential. And uh, I'm not chastising you here. I'm concerned that I also think you have raised some points. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's put a pin in that. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not jumping on that one just yet. I just wanted to draw some attention to it. Fair. Um, this one now, very tasty, okay? A couple of teams that came have come up already. Actually, maybe I don't think Brentford's come up. Brentford, Tottenham, plus 295 for the draw. Um, this one's at Tottenham. A couple teams, you know, knocking around, you know, right outside that kind of top six. You know, um, Tottenham's just a point behind. Brentford's a little bit farther. They're, they're four out. Five out of the, uh, of the of the sixth spot. Um, I can see these two teams, you know, just kind of knocking their heads together, and uh, a whole lot of nothing happening. You know, this is the Saturday morning early early game, 
Um, and I'm used to kind of like waking up and turning on USA and seeing, seeing the update in the top right and being like, oh, I missed that one. Okay, 2-2. Two, two. Okay, great. Nothing to see here. Um, I think this one is my, my pick for finding the draw this week. I love it um, because Tottenham is just a perpetual disappointment. Now, the one thing that concerns me, and we talked about Ivan Tony in the last podcast because he had a look at getting us a draw when we had bet on our, our your boys, the Bees. Um, but they will be without Ivan Tony, uh, mm. And that is because he has been suspended from all football-related activities for eight months. Oh, no. As announced by the English Football Association. And, I missed this. Uh, why, you might ask? Uh, quote from the Football Association over in England. Ivan Tony has been suspended from all football and football-related activity with immediate effect for eight months, which runs up to and including 16th of January 2024. He's been fined £50,000 and warned as to his future conduct for breaches of the FA's betting rules. The official player of the Tasty Spreads podcast, (laughs) Ivan Tony. That's my fucking guy. (laughs) (laughs) So I am not 100% sure. I'm just going to assume that Ivan is a a listener of the show. Uh, (laughs) um, He likes, you know, he likes a good spread, apparently. Um, He likes to find the draw. (laughs) Exactly. That's what he was going on that free kick. That uh, that he had last week, where he just wide of the right post. I know he was like, "Fuck, I almost found it." <laughs> um, Either that, or he's like, "Hell yeah, the wire's about to hit my account." <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so they are sit- they are alleging that he has breached the betting rules <laughs> two hundred and thirty two times between twenty seventeen oh and twenty twenty one. So yeah, uh, our man likes to uh, to sprinkle a little on the spread sometimes, apparently. So now, oh, you know, jokes aside. The tasty one. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, so yeah, his absence concerning a little bit, like can they score? Um, you know, I, I, how many goals does Tony have this season? I mean, I think he's there. I believe him too. He's got to be their leader. I, I, I would think so. Yeah, he's got 20. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and then Embuemo has seven, Wisa has six. So yeah, okay, big drop off. So that is, ah, uh, you know, I think you might have, you might have saved me, man. I mean, I as soon as I heard it, uh, heard the news that he was suspended for gambling, I was like, oh yes, I cannot wait to name him. I mean, he's our guy for sure now. Though. He is the official uh, MVP of this Tasty Spreads podcast. Jason Tatum held the title. For less than a week, for uh, beating the Sixers and still holding the under uh, <laughs> last week, <laughs> and he's immediately replaced by Ivan Tony. Um, so yeah, I just I I worry that they might score, but this is the same thing I always face, and I'm cool if you if you want to back off this one as the as the find the draw, but I I'm looking at the same shit that I look at every fucking week with Tottenham is that I look at who they're going to line up and play, and then I look at who their opponent is going to line up and play, and I'm just like, I don't know, isn't Tottenham better? Don't they have better players? And they they just don't come through for us. Yeah. Well, I mean, to that point, 
you know, they what if they what if they just blow the game tomorrow? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, like, I, right, it is right. super live that Tottenham blows it and they either lose or draw to um, uh, to Brentford. What do we do here? I think we've got two good options. But were, were there any others? You know, that caught your eye. I didn't. I didn't see anything that I think I could. No, seriously, going going on. So I, I I took a look at Fulham and Palace. Right, because that's just a gross game that you would play <laughs> with, like that. All the colors are all mismatched and it looks disgusting. One hundred percent, and it's at uh, it's at Fulham. Um, so it's just like I don't know. Like, do we want to? I know that's. I, I say it every week. I know it's not super sound betting strategy, but like, do I want to watch that game? Do I want to swipe that game? Um, I mean, West Ham leads has drawn potential at plus 260. But yeah, man, I don't know. Uh, I find the draw is often your ministry. You know, I think I think we've we've come full circle. I said that I wasn't going to bet Arsenal. But I think just to kind of like have my world collide here, I think I'm going to take the plus 345 Forest Arsenal. I'll have the small silver lining that if they win, oh, I'm, I'm just burying myself here. Um, if they win, you know, I'll kind of be happy, lose the bet. We bet responsible amounts. So, you know, no harm, no foul. Uh, if they lose, I'm you, <laughs> your boy will be down bad. I mean, I, I might need a text. You might need to just kind of just, just check a quick check in. Yeah. Uh, maybe an emoji. I think an emoji might, might, might be a nice pick me up. They're, they're down um, two one in the 87th minute. I'll just text your eyeballs. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, at that point, I'm just going to be praying for the draw at that point. But you know what? I'm going to do it. I want to go for, you know, one last beautiful ride with my guys. And I want that world to collide with, with the world to find the draw. Plus 345. I'm putting it down. Let's go. Okay. I mean, look, man, I told you from, from Jump Street, you're the, you are the inventor, the curator of find the draw. I'm rolling with you, man. So I'm considering a cosign. And w- what a lovely treat that would be for them to deliver to you. At like you know, you kind of have a disappointing end of the season. This is, the, I think, this is the least they could do. Yeah, sprinkle a little cash in my account. I mean, come on, I've been I've been here for you guys. Just be here for me. <laughs> I love it. Awesome. All right, so you're you're riding alongside. Always appreciate the cosign. Um, let's hit the quick recap. I've got the Heat to win the series and the Heat to win in seven, uh, plus 1,100, plus 400 win the series. Your Boston in six, still alive technically. Oof. But um, yeah, we're not holding our breath. In the Western Conference, we've both got our Denver Nuggets plus 400 to win the title. Let's go. Um, I've got the Nuggets minus 165 to win the series and plus 370 to win in five. I've got a lot of Nuggets action stacking up. I'm getting some some Grizzlies flashback sweats. Um, so... It's going to take a deep breath and, you know, it's going to be all right. Our our, our guy's looking good. And you've got Denver winning the series in six, still very, very much in play, plus 550, and our guy, the Joker, to win finals, Western Conference Finals MVP, minus 130. Love that pick. Very smart. Um, On the football side, I cashed my Man City to um, advance past Real Madrid. That was a two unit. That one's on the Google sheet. Love that. So that one got me out of my Real Madrid to win the Champions League bet. So I was happy about that. Um, did you have a Man City 
Champions League bet? Oh, buddy, you know I did. I had uh, Manchester City, uh, if you b- believe it or not, I had Manchester City to win the Champions League. Uh, I placed that on uh, March 17th um, when they were still uh, plus 225 to win go. the Champions League. So I'm feeling okay about that. And let me just say um, – I meant to get to this earlier, but I, I fucking ISO'd so hard on, on City. I appreciate you giving me the space. I do believe – let me just – I'll throw this one in late. I need – I'm going to shop around, but I think I'm going to take a crisp $20 bill, and for the final, I'm going to place it on Erling Holland scoring at least two goals. So check the tweets. Mm. I'm going to find the price. Um because people have been, you know, obviously, like Holland has has uh, two, uh, two goal like goals, shots on goal that look like they're fucking going in. But Courtois is a nightmare. Um, I'm just like, you know what, my boys do. Uh, this uh, Norwegian shack, my my large Viking son, uh, should probably bang home some goals here soon. And wouldn't the Champions League final in Istanbul be a wonderful place to do it? And uh, check the tweets because I think I'm I'm going to sprinkle some on him scoring at least two. Incredible, yeah, I love that one. I um, make sure to get that one in early. Just I've got some time to hop on board. Respect, yeah. Um, and yeah, we're also going to be checking back in this weekend to see what Arsenal does, and thus what we will do um, with regard to City uh, on the alternate line. Um, and then I think we're both going to go for that one last glorious ride with Arsenal. Uh, to maybe close out the season, plus 345 to draw with Nottingham Forest. I believe that that is this week's find the draw. Um, And with that said, that's it. I think we did it. I mean, go Heat, go City. I mean, we're we're just riding the wave of just two historic franchises right now. Couldn't, Couldn't be a better time to be alive. Love it. Yep, it's the year the tasty spreads. Um, shout out to Ivan Tony. We miss you. You'll be back soon. <laughs> Stay up, Ivan. <laughs> oh man. Ivan. <laughs> Ivan Black Sox Tony. <laughs> we miss you. We'll see you soon. Uh yeah, follow this, follow the show on Twitter at Tasty Spreads. Uh subscribe to the pod, Tasty Spreads Podcast. Some good news on that front. So we're not only available on Spotify, uh, now you can find us on iTunes, Amazon and Google. So if you use any of those leading podcast platforms, go ahead and hit subscribe. Give us a shout. We're here every week giving you these fire picks. Uh, And if you don't believe us, check the Google Doc. You might need to scroll up a little bit, but not to worry. Still lots of games to be played. Thank you. Good luck this weekend. Yeah. Good luck to you, buddy. We got this. The, the, The upswing is coming. 